Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. A clear and proper understanding of Old Testament books such as Leviticus shows us pictures that portray graphically and vividly man's true condition, contaminated by sin and death, unclean from natural birth, and leprous within and without. This surely is man's condition apart from God's intervention, but motivated by his great love and desire for man to be his eventual eternal counterpart, God does not leave us in such a condition. And here to help us with a program that I've been looking forward to after a number of these programs, Ron, seeing how leprous and contaminated we are, we finally come to the cleansing of the leper, and this is a, a real joy, isn't it? Yes, and I appreciate being able to fellowship on this particular matter with you. Ron, let's look at uh, a couple of verses here. We are in now in chapter 14, and as I mentioned, we've had uh, several programs exploring the contamination that resides within all of us. It's signified, typified uh, in Leviticus and in other places in Scripture by uh, this matter of leprosy, something that is inward, but yet that has an outward expression. Let's look at these verses in chapter 14. Verse 1 says, Then Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper on the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go forth outside the camp. Then the priest shall look, and if the infection of leprosy has been healed in the leper, then the priest shall command that two living, clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet strands and hyssop be taken for the one who is to be cleansed. So there is a salvation for this one, isn't there? There is a complete and thorough salvation, a salvation to match the depth of of the fallenness, rottenness, and corruption caused to the human race through Satan's injecting himself as sin into us and constituting us as sin in our constitution and as sinners in our daily living. The more we realize the depth of our fallenness and the more we have the details of Christ's salvation unveiled to us, the more we will be released and the more we will appreciate and enjoy what the Lord has done for us in his salvation. But as we are endeavoring to live in fellowship with the Lord, according to 1 John chapter 1, we see that we dare not say that we do not have sin dwelling in us or that we do not have sins in our behavior. 
So we need to know how to apply the reality of this type so that we may experience the cleansing which comes to us on the basis of Christ's redemptive death. Well, we're going to look at a couple of uh, short portions from Witness Lee today. Let's go to him for that first one now. Now, you counted the most wonderful thing. That is the cleansing of the labor. Hallelujah for the cleansing. In the past messages, what we have seen is just the unveiling of what we are in an active way. We just have seen a negative portrait. But now, after that, we come to the cleansing. And this cleansing is the all-inclusive salvation created and prepared and finished and completed by God for us. In this cleansing, Christ is very, very much unveiled. In the portrait, we have been manifested. We have been portrayed to the uttermost. Now, coming to the cleansing, here we could see a Christ who is so all-inclusive. He has the blood, he has the spirit, and he has everything for us. In him, the provision in God's salvation is rich, is complete, is all-inclusive, I would even say it's all-extensive. So, I do hope you all will get into it. Not only in the knowledge, but also in your experience. First of all, the priest going outside the camp to examine the leper, signifying the Lord Jesus, humbling himself to be nigh to the sinner. We all know he came from the heavens to the earth to be nigh to us, the sinners. Especially in Matthew chapter 8, we all have seen a picture there, the Lord Jesus coming down from the mount to rage a leper. And there he was nigh to the leper. A leper should be what? Should be isolated, excluded from the people of God. Yet the Lord Jesus came down to be nigh to him. Even he could uh, touch him. He was so nigh to him. Even he had the sympathy with love to touch him. And a leper should never be touched by anybody. But the Lord did it. Ron, I love this picture of Christ as our wonderful high priest willingly giving up his place and coming to us, all of us who are the real lepers, to effect a cleansing. It's something that has to humble us all, but at the same time, how could we not be brought to the Lord just to worship him for the salvation that he is to us? I, of course, um, agree, I mean, in full. But I have a reservation, not about the suggestion that we should be filled with profound gratitude to the Lord for coming to us and that we should worship him for such a complete salvation. But I find myself wondering, Chris, of whether in our actual experience, our appreciation and our our worship for the Lord, even in this matter, are adequate. 
Of course we do thank him for dying for our sins and for saving us and for redeeming us at the cost of his sinless, precious blood. But if we have an insufficient realization of the degree of our corruption in the fall, we cannot have an adequate understanding or appreciation of the price the Lord paid to come to a world that we could say, I hope it's okay to say, is like a leper colony. You have the holy and righteous God of glory dwelling in unapproachable light, coming in the Son, who is our priest, coming in the Son to have contact with us who were most defiled. So I agree, but I'm also concerned that we would go through a kind of learning through the Word and by the Spirit in which we realize we in ourselves are a constitution of sin and we are a totality of leprosy and thus are unclean and untouchable. Yet, in his great mercy and in his great love, the Lord came to where we are and not only had contact with us and indicated his compassion upon us, but he went through this tremendous process of death and resurrection to effect a full salvation and a thorough and absolute cleansing for us. When we acknowledge our corruption, when we appreciate his redemption, and when we have applied to us the effective cleansing, then surely there will be an ever-increasing appreciation and worship and thanksgiving to him. He is worthy of our eternal praise for saving us from such an incredibly fallen condition and bringing us into a situation where we are cleansed, enlivened, and enjoying fellowship with this wonderful triune God. Hmm. I really appreciated uh, how you uh, how you handled that, Ron. Your response. It seems that our appreciation can only be as great as our uh, realization of what we really are, and I think that's uh, where the shortage often comes. Uh, we just may not appreciate that much because probably we just don't see that much what we really are in our constitution, do we? This is a fact of experience, and even more basic. It's according to the word. I'm thinking of Luke chapter 7, where that sinful woman came uninvited to uh, the house of a Pharisee. And to just come right to the point that I would like to make based upon that portion of Luke, the Lord Jesus said, He who is forgiven little loves little, and he who is forgiven much loves much. Well, it's not as if any of us has only a little that needs to be forgiven, but if we have little realization of how much we need to be forgiven and cleansed and how much we have been forgiven and cleansed and the great price the Lord paid for that forgiveness and cleansing, then we will really love him. We just can't manufacture the love, the appreciation, and the worship. It's a response, a living response to the application to us by the Spirit of Christ's redemptive death and God's complete salvation. 
And we look to the Lord that under his blessing, more and more the Lord's people, especially the seekers among his people, would be enlightened to realize their need and would be enlightened to appreciate Christ, experience him more, enjoy him more, and praise him more. Hmm. Well, there's a lot of detail in this uh, chapter that we're not going to be able to get into because of time, but we do have a very short portion of Witness Lee just ahead. It's our final portion of his uh, uh, speaking today. And in this one, he just will make a very simple but profound point that this leper that receives the cleansing has been healed. And so the distinction, the difference between healing and cleansing is our point in this coming portion. Let's go to him for that. The leper who was to be healed needing to seek for cleansing before God. Yes, the Lord has came. He became nigh to us. Yet we need to seek for the cleansing. As a leper, a sinner, we need to seek after the cleansing. Our seeking is our coordination to cooperate with God's grace and love. This signifies that the one who is sick of the sin of leprosy, although he has been healed by the life within, still needs to have his shortcomings and development delved before God that he might be cleansed. Thus far, he has been healed, yet not cleansed yet. Right? So he needs something further. He needs to seek after the uh, cleansing that he might be cleansed. Not only healed. To be healed is one thing. To be cleansed is another thing. So this uh, process or procedure of the cleansing is quite something, including these many items. Ron, this very short portion uh, really serves as a lead-in to several points that he brings out in the Life Study message regarding the cleansing of the leper and the various aspects of Christ and his redemption and his full salvation that these represent. We will touch a couple of these today. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, because of the time, uh, there's a lot of detail here, and it, it's marvelous as it's opened up in Chapter 14, particularly in the printed Life Study message. So normally at the end of the program, we talk a little bit about the Life Study. I, just, I would just mention it here because for the consideration of time, we will have to skip over a number of these points. Uh, but it would really be a marvelous resource for our listeners to pick up this volume and to get into these things. They're very rich, aren't they? Exceedingly rich. And uh, I would just add a very brief word on behalf of the printed material that you have a detailed and succinct study of every aspect of the type. And there is enlightenment and there is supply in every point. For us to try to cover these, especially in a hurried way, I believe would detract from the burden that we have in this particular fellowship. But we need to know the Lord's salvation in a detailed way. Uh, the details of the type are presented for a reason, that we need every aspect of Christ in these types. We need every detail of the application of his salvation. And this detail shows us how involved our situation was and how all-inclusive mm -hmm. is the Lord's remedy. 
Let's go on to the uh, point that he mentioned here. The leper had already experienced healing in order to be qualified for the cleansing. So obviously these two are not synonymous. Differentiate these for us and uh, especially how they apply to our own experience. I think the way, Chris, to uh, approach this is to suggest that the healing of the leper refers to something inward and intrinsic in the way of the divine life operating in us, healing us from death and uh, coming to the very source, the core of the problem in our being. But the result of leprosy is this incredible defilement, which causes one to be an outcast, to be isolated, completely out of fellowship with God and with God's people. And it's not sufficient simply to have something inward and something in the way of healing as marvelous as it is. What about all the uncleanness? What about the defilement? That is the issue of the nature of sin injected into us. So for that, we need cleansing, a thorough cleansing, so that our fellowship with the Lord and our fellowship with the body of Christ can be recovered in a practical way. We should not be careless regarding this. The fact that the record is so detailed regarding cleansing indicates how important it is for us to be adequately and then thoroughly cleansed in the sight of a holy God. We appreciate First John, refer to it again, that God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, verse 9 says, and to cleanse us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And verse 7 The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We have been stained, contaminated, defiled, corrupted. So we need to be cleansed absolutely and thoroughly. And we need to give ourselves to cooperate with this cleansing. And when we do, we find the wonderful result is this precious fellowship with the Lord and with his body is restored. Ron, the other day we were enjoying a message on the consecration of the priests, the sons of Aaron, and part of that process involved the placing of the blood of the trespass offering a drop upon the tip of the ear of the right ear and then on the right thumb and then on the big toe of the right foot. Uh, and now we see this brought back in this chapter as it uh, relates to the cleansing of the leper because now the priest takes some of the blood of this trespass offering and applies it to these very same areas of the body. Uh, it was a marvelous message. I think it bears uh, a little review before we uh, cease part two of this marvelous cleansing. Go ahead and help us with this. Uh, it, it does, because we're wrong in our listening, in our hearing. Sinners do not hear God, but they will willingly, gladly hear and take in things contrary to God. And then on our thumb, on our hand for doing things, we're wrong, we're fallen, sinful in doing things. And then the blood on the big toe, uh, obviously the feet for, for walking, for going in a certain direction. We do not take God's way, we go astray. So we're wrong in our hearing, in our doing, and in our walking, in our direction. So we need cleansing in all these aspects of our practical living. Part two here in verses 14 through 18, if any of our listeners are following along, is that then the priest took oil from his palm 
and placed it upon the blood that had gone onto the ear, the thumb, and the big toe. Uh, help us with this portion. It, it's equally marvelous. Well, this is the positive side that now the oil, uh, referring to Christ in resurrection as the Spirit, is applied to our ear so we can hear the right things, the things of God. And the oil is applied to our thumbs so we can do the things of God and to our big toe so that we can walk in the way of God. This is wonderful. Mm. So we are cleansed from hearing, doing, and walking in ways that are wrong Then we have resurrection life, the Spirit applied to us, so that our situation is exactly opposite. We hear the right things, do the right things, and take the Lord's way. So we begin as pitifully fallen, corrupt, sinful persons, wrong in our hearing, doing, and walking. We're redeemed, healed, forgiven, and cleansed. And now the Lord himself in resurrection is applied to us, so that we can now hear the Lord, do the things of the Lord, and take the way of the Lord. This is wonderful. Yeah, We have a hymn in our hymn book uh, written by Watchman Nee, uh, and it talks about this sequence, first the blood and then the ointment. And uh, I've been enjoying this hymn a lot lately, so this point touches me very, very much. Ron, we have just a couple minutes left, but we do have time to touch this point. In verse 18, somewhat the end of this section, it says, And what remains of the oil in the priest's palm shall be put upon the head of the one being cleansed. There's even more marvelous significance here, isn't there? In uh, reviewing the life study, I was especially struck with this point. This is uh, particularly wonderful. Why just a small quantity of oil on the ear, the thumb, and the toe, Mm -hmm. but a substantial amount on the head? Well, that's where the problems originate. (laughs) Right. The matter of being in rebellion against God, not being under God's authority, is very much related to our head. So we need the spirit applied to our mind. We need to be renewed in the spirit of the mind so that we will submit to the Lord and to his word. And then all the thoughts that issue from the head, from the mind. We need a lot of oil applied to our thinking, to our thoughts, that our thoughts are As Paul says, they're taken captive. They're subdued. And then the head directs our way. You know, as a man thinks, as a person considers, the thoughts that are in us, the basic concepts, this controls our whole living. So we need a very substantial portion of oil, of resurrection life, of the spirit applied to our head, to our mind, And the more the oil is applied, the more we are subdued and we submit to the Lord's authority. The more our thoughts are subject to the Lord, they're brought under control, the mind is set on the spirit, and the more our living, which is practically under the direction of our mind, is now under the direction of the divine life, which is being imparted to our mind as it's set on the spirit. And so I admit for myself, I need oil on my head. I need the spirit in my mind more and more, drenching it, saturating it, permeating it, so the mind can be renewed and, even as Paul said, become the mind of Christ. Hmm. I want to ditto your confession or admission, Ron. I had the same precise realization in this section. Uh, 
this is really the source of all of our problems, isn't it? It's the source of the problem, but we end not with the problem or with the source, but with this marvelous solution in God's complete salvation. Hallelujah for the blood, hallelujah for the oil, and a special praise for the oil applied to our head, to our mind, that we may be renewed in the spirit of our mind and transformed by the renewing of the mind to fulfill God's purpose to have his corporate expression according to his eternal economy. Amen. I wish we had more time for this one, Ron. This is a marvelous portion. Again, I just want to recommend to as many as are able, please contact us about these printed messages and your enjoyment of uh, the riches we're getting in this life study of Leviticus. Our toll-free number, we invite you to contact us, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Ron Kankis today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the Scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks for listening.